As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Welcome aboard The Athletic's Can't Wait Jets podcast, your nonstop shop for all things Jets with Tim McMaster, Zach Rosenblatt, and Marissa Dunn. Can't wait. Where does Sunday rank among the worst of the Jets' 15 straight losses to the New England Patriots? We'll try to answer that. We'll also talk a lot about what's next for this team. Welcome into another episode of the Can't Wait podcast. Tim McMaster here along with our Jets reporter at The Athletic, Zach Rosenblatt. Please subscribe to the YouTube channel or Apple. Give us great reviews wherever you do. Um, we love that. That really helps us out, so we appreciate it. Um we started almost on time, Zach. We're like one minute late, but there's already so many comments if you're checking us out on YouTube. Uh, the first comment came in at 3.48. Chris Murphy Jeez, doomed early. for sure. Uh, and then it's just like right from there, 10 minutes before we were even scheduled to start, uh, people weighing in because this team is in trouble. We're going to start with Robert Salas' press conference, which Zach just got back from. Or from watching. Virtually. Yeah. <laughs> Virtually. Just got back from it. Uh, we are also going to, uh, whatever doesn't come out of that, we'll get into that as well. The offensive line. Uh, the defense did play well. We should, you know, throw them some some love, I guess. They played up to what we expect from them. And then where do we go from here? All that stuff. But let's start uh, with Salah. Or do, do you have any thoughts before we get to Salah? No, I think we should get into Salah because I think that's where it. most of my thoughts are derived right now. So okay. it's fresh. All right, I'm going to kind of read quotes off from his press conference, and and you can weigh in what, from there. Why, why don't, before you do that, why don't I let you, give you like my overall thoughts on what we just witnessed? Then you can get into like the specific quotes because I, okay. I do want to. I, on one hand, like I think, like obviously, Sal is not going to go up there and criticize Zach. I think that is an obvious thing, and I don't, I don't think there are some coaches that would, some that wouldn't, like Sean Payton. Although he's not the, you know, should be held in the highest order right now after that game the Broncos had. Um, so Sal is not going to come out and say that Zach Wilson is bad. We're going to bench him on the other hand, like to go in front of the mic and, and say that, you know, he's shown improvement in accuracy. We, he's not the reason why we lost. Like I, all the specific things he was trying to laud Zach for and saying that he's our unquestioned starter, as long as he keeps showing improvement, like where has he shown improvement other than everybody believing he has confidence now? Like he's, he's missing wide open guys. He's holding on to the ball too long. Like it's all the same stuff. Um, and like, 
you know, I know Salah's doing that for his locker room and not really for the fan base, obviously, but like he had to know everything that came out of his mouth today, the fans were not going to be happy about because they are they are wired up right now in the same way they were last season um, before he got benched the first time. Um, and you have the quote that he said about the benchings last year, which I thought was pretty special. But um, uh, yeah, I, I just, I don't get going the complete opposite way. Like Connor ha- asked a good question. Like, how can you justify, you know, saying that like everybody's held to the same standard when Zach statistically ranks as the worst quarterback in the NFL by just about every measure as he did last year. Like, how can you say that you're holding everybody on the team to the same standard when you're not even considering benching him? You're not considering competition for him. And and you're you're coming on here and saying that like he's the unquestioned starter. Like, how can you justify saying that when, you know, what we've seen on the field is just not good enough? And I I get that it's it's not a one one man sport. And all the player, all his teammates are saying the right things this time. I think maybe last year they were a little more critical. Although we're only in week three, remember? I think they were probably supportive this early last year, um, at least publicly. But like, there's definitely a risk of the locker room like fracturing here. And I don't I don't know necessarily that it has yet. I think they do have some good guys in that room. But like Zach Wilson is not an NFL quarterback. Like it, there, I don't know how much more you need to see. Like you could say that we were going to wait and watch him and Salah, you know, he said the stuff about how the plan wasn't to play him. It's so now we have to adjust on the fly. And this is the NFL. Like you, 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 you went into the, to play him, but he was your yeah, backup quarterback. Exactly. That's that you went into the season the with him as your unquestioned number two quarterback. So like that's on you then. Like the and a 40 year old starter. Um, and I get it. Like Aaron Rodgers, like, the degree to which Aaron Rodgers was like running the offense is so obvious now because they just were not prepared for this after the fact. And obviously if a quarter, your backup has to play, you're in trouble anyway, but to call Zach, the unquestioned starter to keep caught. Like he's in year three. How many third year guys were coddled to this degree? Um, Like they're handling with baby gloves. Like they, they, they tried throwing him into water to see if he could swim as a rookie. It didn't work. And now they've gone the complete opposite direction where they're jumping into the water with him, holding his hand while he's wearing a life jacket. And they, and, uh, and it's it, it's just absolutely disastrous. I feel for the fans. Like, it's just a horrible product to watch. It's the worst offense in the NFL. Um, it's boring. The play calling doesn't make any sense to me. Even if you don't believe in Zach, or even if you do believe in Zach, like, they're not calling plays in a way that makes you think they actually believe in him. Like, he's he's throwing the ball on average. His average air yards in the first three quarters yesterday was less than four yards. That means he's throwing it from basically here to, like, my window right there. And that's, that's like, the distance he's throwing it. And he's not completing most of them either, by the way. Like, um, when they finally went to tempo late in the game is when they finally got something going. They had that Nick Bodden touchdown run, which I don't think anybody had that on their bingo card. Nick Bodden getting the touchdown. First career touchdown for Nick Bodden. And he's on a wild journey too, actually. But uh, like it worked. So why'd you wait so long? And I know, you know, defenses maybe open up a little as they have a lead late in the game, but also what you were doing early wasn't working. So why not try that? Like, why not try to take a shot downfield? He's, he has six deep passes in three games. That's two per game. He's thrown the ball 20 yards downfield six times over three games. Um, the Patriots knew they were going to run the ball every single time, so there was absolutely no holes. Like, it's absolutely disaster right now, and I, I don't know that Tim Boyle's the solution because, you know, he he hasn't been historically a good NFL quarterback, but, like, he's he might not be scared of playing football when he goes out there. Like, I, it it's just so – like, Zach is better in press conferences. He seems to – you know, kind of understand his role and things that go wrong better than he did a year ago. He's maturing, but being more mature doesn't make you a better player. And like they, they, it's malpractice. Unless they're tanking, it is malpractice that they still haven't brought in a veteran quarterback. He Salah wouldn't really say. He said that's a Joe question when he was asked about it. Um, 
I don't care if it's car. Like I never thought I would call. I, I was texting somebody this early. I never thought I would call for the Jets to sign a team I cover to sign Carson Wentz after I <laughs> and just know that you know. And you just watch how he's been kind of booted from three different teams that traded draft capital for him. But I'm at the stage now that like, even if he's not a great locker room guy, like he's better than Zach Wilson. Like Colt McCoy, better. Like sign somebody, bring them in the building so they can learn the offense because you're throwing away a season where the defense was really good again. You know, they gave up that one touchdown and they've all had quotes. You know, I, I joked last year about Carl Lawson had the quote after last year's Patriots game where he's like, we, well, we gave up three points. Well, now Sauce Gardner's like, well, we, we should have given up zero points. Like that, that's an impossible standard to live up to. Um, and they gave the, the offense many chances to even stay in the game, even as they were messing, even as Zach Wilson took a sack in the end zone, which is insane. Um, they got the ball back again. Uh, they went three incompletions in a row and then Zach was short of the sticks. Honest, he threw four yards. Short is an understatement. Yeah, he threw it was like a one yard yards. completion yeah. on fourth yeah, and on 10. a ten. He needed ten yards. He threw it two yards, and then you know, Randall Cobb almost caught a hail mary, which would have been, of course, like the most Jetsian way to like we're all ready to like end their season, and then that would have happened, but it didn't. <laughs> so it's just, I don't know. I I don't know what they do, but this whole coddling this kid at this point is just like it's so outrageous, and the rest of his teammates. I, I, you know they're seeing all the things Salah is saying, and and you know how the, everybody in the media is acting. You know Garrett Wilson is not happy; he's not getting the ball enough. Um, and I just, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't get the comments Salah made today. And like I get them, but I don't get the specific words he said. Is what I should say. Yeah, there's a way to like back up your team, but not insult the public, right? Like which is basically what he did. He had like anybody, and you can see it in our comment section right now. People, there's even a comment in there that he like insulted the beat writers today by saying the things that he did. Um, so you, Zach, have the support of the uh, <laughs> of the people now. Um, but yeah, it's, it, if you, even if you had fully planned to keep Zach as the starter all year, no matter what, no matter how bad he is, you need to bring someone in to at least learn the offense in case he gets hurt. Right, like there, there's just certain things you have well, that, to do. And that kind of goes back to the that goes like back two to weeks the, ago. They could have had somebody yeah. learning the offense. That goes and back now to the kid gloves thing. Can't. It goes back to the kid gloves thing because I think it's pretty clear, even if they will never admit this publicly, that they didn't bring somebody in because they're scared of what it was going to do for Zach's confidence. Well, what, Who cares? what? So what? What did you see these last two weeks? Or you know, great, he looked great in training camp, but like that. <laughs> Like it's organ if if their goal is to make the playoffs, then they did not do their job. Like Joe Douglas and Robert Sala did not do their job. And you know, I don't know what the behind the scenes is like. I'm you know, I don't know if they've if these I know they reached out Diana Rossini had reported they reached out to Chad Henning and basically was like, No thanks, I'm staying retired. Um they reached He's out got to- a great gig doing commercials with uh <laughs> oh, yeah. farm ads. All right. I <laughs> why why would those. he why would yeah. he stop doing that? I know they reached out to Colt McCoy and he's still like recovering from an injury and I don't he hasn't decided what he wants to do in terms of what I think he has other interests and other like it's even if it's not a name, like the fact that they didn't bring anybody in on the practice squad, like just in case like what if Zach got hurt, by the way, and then you only have Tim right. Boyle and Randall Cobb as the emergency quarterback. Like it's it's just I for all I I think Joe Douglas you know, I'm sure as the season progresses, we're going to have to get into this offseason, which I think is going to wind up going down as, you know, the one that costs a lot of people their jobs if things keep going like they are. Um, That's the other part of this yeah. is like they're only like these moves are only going to end in everyone getting fired. Yeah. I mean, look, you look at 
you know, we're, we're stepping on probably things we're going to talk about later, but it's hard not to, as you said, anyway, but, uh, so this is look, a stream look, of consciousness episode. Yeah. Yeah. Pod, so it's all like good. You, you look out on the field and they're playing Alan Lazard. They're playing Randall Cobb and they're playing Dalvin cook. Three guys that are here because Aaron Rodgers wanted them to be. And when you remove Aaron Rodgers from that equation, Alan Lazard is not going to get separation. Randall Cobb's not going to get separation. And Dalvin cooks lo- looks like he shot through, th- through three games. Like I, they, like their their roster does not, and and they're they're playing those guys over McCole Hardman, and they're not playing Xavier Gibson and Jeremy Rucker played one snap. And the CJ best Adama, part of the game yesterday was every time Gibson fielded a punt. Yeah, because be there's it, just felt like, like a, maybe there was a chance. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly, and nobody else has brought that besides Brees Hall and Garrett Wilson, who you know Brees Hall didn't have a good game, but he didn't have a lot of holes, and Garrett Wilson had three targets through three quarters. He's one of the ten best, more ten most talented receivers in the NFL. Um, and you know, play calling is a big part of this. I, you know, I haven't really mentioned Hackett. I don't think yet. We'll get there too. Yeah. yeah, we'll get there. Like Garrett had a chance to like, you know, he was basically asked directly multiple times, like, is play calling the reason why it wasn't working? Like, like and he kind of didn't say no both times. Where you know, I think Garrett has had a hard time hiding how he really feels. So I think that's pretty notable. But um, I think the play calling's been an absolute disaster. They've been way too conservative, and it's because you know this goes back. And you wanted to talk about my story today. Um, but like it goes back, they're so scared that Zach's gonna fail. Like I, I was I was texting with Connor earlier. Like I think I might have said this on the podcast actually previously. So sorry for repeating it, but it's like when when someone's scared of a dog, they tell you not to like show that you're scared, otherwise the dog's gonna react to your fear. And and so Zach Wilson, they're scared of Zach messing up, and Zach can sense that, I'm sure. And so he's <laughs> scared of messing up. And so they're they're like, you know, chicken or the egg kind of thing, but um, like they're not handling it the right way. Like what you're doing isn't working. You're not scoring like an NFL offense should. They hired the offensive coordinator from a, the guy who, who called plays for the worst offense in the NFL last year. And a spoiler alert, they have the worst offense in the NFL again. And it's, there's a lot of like separate angles to talk about outside of Zach Wilson still, of course. But at the end of the day, if your quarterback is that bad, it's going to be very, very hard to win. <laughs> and I just, I don't get I don't get what they're doing play calling wise. I don't get what they're doing with how they're talking about Zach co- co- in terms of the coaching staff. And Nathaniel Hackett will talk on Thursday. I'm curious to see what kind of stuff he says because last week he, you know, they used the whole excuse of how many plays they ran in week two. You ran enough plays in week three, and you guys still didn't do anything creative or interesting. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm just I. <laughs> I, I can't even say this. I've only covered the Jets for two years. I did cover the Giants for two years before that, where they were similarly very boring, and Joe Judge was scared to do anything. He was he was clearly wrong because Daniel Jones isn't a bad quarterback. But they were, he was so scared of Daniel Jones doing turnovers that they just didn't do anything. I covered that for two years. Now I'm covering this for two years. That's four years. I know like Rich Cimini has covered the Jets for like 50 years or whatever, and so he's had to deal with this for a long time. So I'm just like so tired of this like crappy football that doesn't need to be as crappy as it as it looks like. The fixes are kind of there or like, you know, the strategy just seems obvious. And I'm not like an X's and O's guy. And I, it, it's just so obvious to me that what they're doing just doesn't make any sense. Like, I, I don't get it. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. 
You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Yeah, and I, I think I brought it up last week, but Mac Jones is not a superstar quarterback by any means. Um, he is limited in some ways. Um, he's not super fast. He's got a pretty good arm. It's fairly accurate. Um, but what that offense does, in my opinion, like Matt, and don't get they they scored fifteen points. I mean, yeah. they 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 weren't the Patriots weren't good. The Jets defense is very good. And and they did a good job on on Mac Jones, but like when you see that offense, even though it wasn't productive by any means, I mean the one touchdown was was a fluke breakdown and a breakaway. Um, but it it makes sense to me when I watch it. Like okay, he's taking the you know check down here, and okay, he's taking one deep shot here per quarter or you know a few per in the game he's there's a few times when for whatever reason he's taking the shot (laughs) none of them came through really on sunday but like when you see the offense and how they try to work stevenson in and do different things with him Mm -hmm. to make sure he gets the ball and they don't have talented receivers by any means it just all of it is like okay they seem to be doing the best they can with the limited options they have on offense the Jets have lots of options on offense when you think about Brees Hall and Garrett Wilson, and it seems like they're not doing anything to maximize those. And it's just different watching those two teams on Sunday. And the fact that it was such a close game makes you want to tear your hair out because it's like, okay, basically one play, and the Jets could have won that game. They yeah. have so many chances. It's uh, Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. There's just like no creativity in this offense. Like, they're not getting Garrett Wilson the ball in space. Um, and, you know, Brees Hall, you know, they, they gave him the carries and it didn't work because the Patriots knew they were going to run the ball every play and they were not scared of Zach Wilson throwing the ball over the top um, because, you know, why would you be scared of Zach Wilson throwing over the top when he's not throwing it more than four yards down the field every play? Like, um, and so it they're predictable, they're boring. And, like, that, the worst you, thing you can be in the NFL is a boring offense, like, it's an offensive league. Like the, the league wants points the league wants yards. Like that's, that's why the rules have changed over the years to, to favor the offense. And the jets still somehow are not, you know, operating at a NFL level. They're operating like they're a college team in the NFL on offense. And I, and I just, and look, I, I don't think Michael Hardman is the solution to all the problems by any stretch. I, you know, I think he's a flawed receiver, but he's explosive and he's good at getting yards after the catch. Like, why is he playing two snaps? Like, you, you can come up with whatever, whatever excuses you want. That doesn't make any sense to me. And even if you're not going to play him, Xavier Gibson has shown that he's very, you know, he's he's like a, you know, what do they say, like a human joystick or whatever. Like, he can juke guys. He's fast. He's explosive. Like, I know he's an undrafted rookie, and I'm calling for them to play an undrafted rookie more. But, you know, we've seen what he can do on punt returns. And in that last preseason game, like, what he can do is more exciting than what Randall Cobb can do. It's kind of what we were talking about earlier. Like 
when when like you said when he and you don't have to worry about offending Aaron Rodgers right now. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And when yeah, exactly. Um, so when like you said when Xavier Gibson goes back for a punt, you're kind of like okay, maybe something can happen here. Like he has that ability, so put him on offense, put that ability on offense, and, and even to a lesser degree, Jeremy Rucker. He, maybe he's not a playmaker, but I think he's more of a pass catcher than C.J. Uzama, and he's shown some flashes as a blocker. And Robert Sala just said last week that we're going to play him more, and then they didn't. Um, so you have these young guys. You have McCall Hartman, who you signed. I think when the Jets signed him, everything I'd heard is their plan was to, you know, use him as like a more explosive Braxton Berrios, who got the ball way more than any fans would have liked last year. And the Jets are just going <laughs> away from that position. Um, and I think the plan was not to play Randall Cobb a lot, and they are playing him quite a bit. So it's uh, just quite, you know, this kind of happened at the beginning of last year, if you remember, where Michael Floor was not getting the ball to Garrett Wilson enough. Brees Hall was losing carries to Michael Carter. Uh, Elijah Moore wasn't getting the ball. Like it's it's rinse repeat, but it seems worse this year because Michael Floor, to a degree at least, was able to pull some creativity out every now and then. And I just have not seen anything. Like the the most creative thing Hackett did was go tempo in the fourth quarter when you know that was obviously your only option and it worked. And Tyler Conklin said after the game, and I thought it was notable. He's like, we feel like Zach Wilson's at his best when we're going fast like that, where he doesn't have mm-hmm. to you know, sit back in the pocket and think and go through all his reads and stuff. It's better when he just can go, 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 go. So do that from the beginning, like be the chip Kelly offense. When he first got to the Eagles, like do something different, like, cause what you're doing is just not working. And I solid solid made a point today. Like he was lauding Zach for not throwing any turnovers. And that's why he felt like they were still in the game at the end. And I guess I understand that to a degree, but that's also like, that's a loser's mentality. Yeah, exactly. That's we what I'm were saying. In like, the game because he didn't make mistakes. And that's the, like your article fear of failure yeah. right there. So there's a, there's a line I wish I put in the story because I was texting with Andy Vasquez about this. Um, his, his mantra is all gas, no break, but they, they on <laughs> offense, they've, they've done, they've gone all break, no gas. Like that's how yeah. they operate now. <laughs> and it just goes against everything he says and talks about. And you know, his whole, their whole thing is they want to punch the other team in the mouth and they want to, you know, they, they this is not the same old Jets and all that stuff, but like you're not, you can't tell me in this press conference that you believe in Zach Wilson and then go out there and, and be afraid to let him throw the ball. And I know Sal is not calling the plays, but he's the head coach of this team, so it falls on him ultimately. And um, if you believe in Zach Wilson, then unleash him to a degree. And if it fails, then okay, we we, we can at least say that you guys took shots down the field. They, if you remember, it that would Cowboys be so game, much more fun watching them throw the ball yeah. forty-five yeah. times and Zach throw five. Maybe, maybe it would be a disaster. Yes, yeah. but yeah. that kind of goes back to you remember the Cowboys game. The whole thing he threw those four interceptions, and they and afterwards everybody's like, yeah, but that's because he was airing it out trying to make something happen. Well, why aren't you trying right. to make something happen in the first quarter? <laughs> like, why are you waiting? Stop right. waiting. It, um. So Tony Romo, you know, when he's doing a game and it's it's fascinating that the Jets twice now have had Nance and Romo because this isn't what that was supposed to be. Right. Like those broadcast teams were set. So like I can't wait for them. I guess the happiest man alive is Ian Eagle because like somehow he's gotten off the Jets beat. Because they were, I can't wait for them to get Al Michaels because Al Michaels is so like just over bad football. So I'm just, oh yeah, (laughs) there's gonna be some funny clips of that. Yeah. But what I was going to say is Romo, he just, he goes out of his way to like be positive, right? During the broadcast, like he, he'll call things out and he's critical, but he almost always tries to put like positive spin on it. And he was doing it yesterday. Like he, he wouldn't fully like throw Zach under the bus. I, I give him some credit for that. Like whatever, it's his job to keep the game interesting, keep people entertained and part of it. So he stays that way, but he stuck to one message 
from the first quarter to the fourth quarter. And that was, they got to throw the ball on first down. Yeah, yeah. They got to throw the ball on first down. He just kept saying it over and over again. And they literally fourth quarter, they start throwing the ball on first down because they have to. And it's like completion, completion. Zach looks in rhythm. He was what, five of seven on that drive. They go right down the field. They score a touchdown. And it was, I, I give Romo, I know people are critical of Romo, but he like, he found something he believed in broadcasting that game and he stuck to it. And man, it made the Jets look even worse when it finally worked in the end. That, that's been the fascinating thing. And I, I was listening to uh, Bill Simmons podcast. He had Brian Curtis on. He talks about like media. He talked about how um, like broadcasting has generally become like pretty nice. Like the, the broadcasters yeah. like generally don't like criticize. You know who criticize. really wasn't nice? Sorry to interrupt oh. you. Halftime. Wow. Mm, really? They were rough during the halftime show. Oh, wow. Yeah. Boomer. Now Boomer's used to it. He spends all week. He's on right? WFAN. Yeah. Yeah. Destroying the Jets. So like. He's used to it, but like Sims jumped in, like the whole all everyone on that halftime. And that, show. That's my point. Like it's like, and if you remember last week, I can't. Remember, I think it was week two, right? Yeah, with Bill, with uh, Peyton Manning, or is that week one? With Peyton, no, week one, it week, was one. week one, yeah. Yeah, if you remember Troy Monday Aikman, Troy Aikman on his broadcast and Peyton on his, like they both couldn't like hold in like how annoyed they were by the things Zach Wilson. Yeah, was Romo was way, and nuts. that was when people yeah. were a little more positive about Zach after week one too. Um, like the, so, so it's got to a level of bad that like the broadcasters are like, I cannot bite my tongue anymore, guys. And, um, and so that's why we're finding out about the broadcasters saying the stuff. And I mean, Joe Namath, look at Joe Namath's tweets. Like those were crazy. He, he yeah. called for the head coach of GM to get fired. He, he was saying that Zach Wilson doesn't look is like Joe. Are we sure Joe is handling Joe's from Twitter what I, account? And I heard it might be like his daughter, but I think okay. he like, he might be saying like his thoughts and then yeah, she she, them out yeah she's thing. just translating. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, but I mean, if Joe Namath, you know, which, you know, he arguably is the the curse and, the you know, not arguably but fans believe he's the curse and the reason why we're at where we're at. <laughs> but um, like if Joe Namath is like trashing the team that he's best known for being a part of. Like it, it's just we're we're back in the stage that we were last year where they were the laughing stock of the league because of Zach Wilson. And, you know, Woody Johnson is hearing and reading and seeing all of this. And so at a certain point. Like, when does Woody step in or has he already? Like, I, I don't know. I don't know what's going on behind the scenes, but I can't imagine Woody's happy with coming into a season feeling like they can win a Super Bowl. And now we're at the point where um, people are making fun of them and broadcasters are making fun of them on the air. And and they're um, going to be a prime time so much. And we, we just had a press conference, Robert Sala, and every single question was about the quarterback. Not a single question about anything else. We didn't ask him about injuries out of the game. We didn't ask him about what happened with Dwayne Brown and that whole shenanigans he pulled on us where he pretty much lied at the press conference about um you know i know Dwayne went for a test for his hip on friday but i'm pretty confident they had a good feeling that Dwayne wasn't going to play on sunday anyway um we didn't ask about that we didn't ask about the defense like it was all about their quarterback and Salo tried you know he's positive vibes only and he tried staying positive and i don't think it went well in terms of the way people are responding to it it's funny we were going to start with all these quotes from the presser and, and we're 25 <laughs> minutes in yeah. just on like rant but uh you know i think we hit on most of what he said one thing though that that stood out to me was sometimes the box score doesn't tell the story he said which i completely agree with because when i look at 18 of 36 for 157 and no interceptions i think okay like whatever but like watching the game i think he was 
Zach Wilson was far worse than that because like those numbers take into account the one good drive, right? Yeah, I was like, saying, he had he, 56 yards on that drive, I think. Yeah. So, so you take that away and it's a hundred yards. And then, and as, and as Salah was saying, like they were able to succeed there because the defense kind of backed off a little bit. So he, by his own admission that like, maybe we shouldn't account for that in the box score. So um, yeah, I mean, it, that's the thing. Like you can say what well, you, just because you don't like the stats that are being thrown at you doesn't mean that they're not, to accurately depict and it's the analytics too it's the air yards thing that i mentioned it's yeah um in terms of epa i think he's far and away the worst expected points added he's very negative which basically he's costing the team points by being out there is essentially what that means um holding on to the ball in eternity um you know and we can we should talk about the offensive line i think in the moment it felt like they weren't playing well and i think if you go back and watch zach definitely there was times where zach held on to the ball too long like where he just needed to get, even in the in the moment, like there, there's a few plays where I'm, we're in the press box, like throw the ball. What are you doing? Like, why are you holding on to it? Um, With open checkdowns. Yeah. That, like that was about, a about lot of those. So like the, if you go and look, like there's a lot of plays where guys are open on the checkdowns and he's scared. Like Dan Orlovsky had a good breakdown on Twitter, um, which Salah was directly asked about, which made it harder for Salah to like downplay it. Um because it's a former NFL quarterback. Well, it's a guy who knows what he's talking about, generally. Yeah. You know, again, everybody's going to see what they want to see when you watch film, but I, I think Dan Orlovsky knows better than the average Joe, I would say. Um, and he and he, point, he made the point that Zach looks like he's scared out there. And so how much, how far has Zach actually come from last year, or is that just you saying that to try and build him up again? And it's not working. Like, you know, at a certain point, you have to accept that this kid's not it. Maybe they have accepted that, and they don't know if Tim Boyle is going to be any better, but you also chose Tim Boyle to be your number two quarterback when you had Teddy Bridgewater on the market and stuff. And, you know, fans were calling for Teddy Bridgewater to, for them to sign him or anybody. And to their credit, they were right. Like I, I didn't play that up enough to be honest. I was talking about that with somebody. I, I maybe wasn't critical enough of them going into a season with Zach as the no doubt number two. Um, it's interesting how all the little like Aaron Rodgers moves, are kind of backfiring now that he's not on the team. Yeah. Like well, that's Tim the thing that they plan for this to be the Aaron Rodgers show. And when you remove him and all the supporting characters are still there, um, you know, it's like, it's like the office. Remember the office, you remove Michael Scott from the office. It was not a good show after that. Like there was funny characters on the side and some stuff that was like still good. But as the seasons progressed without Steve Carell on there, it like went way downhill and the, the jets lost Steve Carell is what happened here. <laughs> I don't know if I'm comfortable comparing yeah, okay. Aaron Rodgers to Steve Carell. <laughs> Touche. Um, uh, your point on the offensive line, pro football focus um, numbers came out today, and it was actually that that the offensive line was pretty solid. Uh, Tipman, Tipman played, which was and played yeah. well, like 85.6 pass too. block. So yeah, 70.4 run block. Vera Tucker, 80.8 pass block, 76.6 run block. Tomlinson, 73.6 pass block, 55.3 run block. But Becton, not as good, 61.9 pass block, 67.6, but not not awful. And then McGovern wasn't great on the pass block, 48.2. The the Becton play that's going to stick out right is the safety, obviously, yeah. where Judon just, the spin move, just completely fooled him. And that was one, I'm trying to think, I feel like that was a play where because of where he was, Zach, obviously you have to get rid of the ball quickly when you're in the end zone. But in the overall thought of like taking too long, maybe he was okay on that one. 
Um, but what was the number was his average time was 3.1. It was like 3.18 or something like that. And we talk about 2.5 being like the magic number. It's way like, as far as that goes, like a half second is an eternity. Yeah. Yeah. Especially on offensive line, which, you know, I don't think is great. Um, asking them to hold their blocks for that long, I don't think is realistic. And, um, and you know, they're, they're not really chipping to help in the backfield either that much. Um, and yeah, Again, this goes back to Nathaniel Hackett's play calling. I just haven't really understood a lot of it. They've gone like max protect with only two receivers running routes, which is not really a winning formula. Um, the running game has been whatever it's been. You know, I, got, I don't know. Do an end around to McCole Hardman or Garrett Wilson, like whatever. Like do something different. Like I, I don't know. I'm kind of like running out of ways to say it, but I. Uh, I think Hackett's been a massive disappointment, and I I think he went into the season thinking he was going to have a co-offensive coordinator named Aaron Rodgers, and now he's left without him, and he's the one calling the plays, so it falls on him ultimately as the offensive coordinator. I think, you know, maybe they should get somebody like Todd Downing more involved in the actual calling of the plays. I don't know. I don't know if that would help that and, much. And Zach and Todd Downing have a great relationship. Have a good relationship, so maybe there's something to that. And I don't know if there's – Something needs to change. I, I don't think they're going to take away play calling duties. And, you know, this is a, a story for another day. But at a certain point, if Hackett doesn't get his act together as the season goes along, like, would the Jets consider taking away his play calling, knowing that he's as close as he is with Aaron and what that would mean for Aaron coming back next year? Like, these are all things they have to navigate, and it's not an ideal spot to be in. But this is the this is the bed they made, and now they have to sleep in it. Maybe Aaron should call the plays when he comes back. I mean, and then when, honestly, then, why not? When, when he comes back to like being with the team, Aaron call the plays. And Truly, then why not? Next year, just let him keep calling the plays. <laughs> like, whatever. That's how they used to do it, right? Yeah. I mean, make, make him the first player coach. Woody would absolutely be down for that if Aaron wanted to do it. Victorinox, the makers of the original Swiss Army Knife, have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges, mastering functionality, innovation, iconic design, and uncompromising quality with its products. The Victorinox Swiss Army Knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it. Tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. With the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick's Sporting Goods. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, um, all right. What have we not hit on here? The defense, the, de- the defense. Yeah. Should we, I mean, yeah, we'll hit on that. Play well, like it was, it was literally one bad play, right? It was a blown yeah. assignment and the Patriots get the big touchdown. I should um, say but, the Jets did get a little lucky because the Patriots did miss two field goals, but, um, ultimately they didn't give up touchdowns on those plays. So, right. Yeah, but think- that's what the Patriots defense does also is like. <laughs> They've be, over the last couple of years, they've become more of like a bend but don't break type defense where they make you, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that that's the Jets defense did their job again. Um, yeah. They had a miscommunication on the long touchdown to Farrell Brown. Um, I haven't gone back to watch the play closely enough to say who messed it up, but um, 
you know, the, a lot of the noise about Sauce kind of calmed down because he had a good game. Uh, I think Quincy Williams has really stood out to me through three weeks. I think he's gotten a lot better. Quinn Williams had a great game. Bryce Huff was kind of wrecking havoc when he was in there for like 10 snaps. Carl Lawson only played like 15 snaps or something like that. So it's pretty clear he's a bit player now, which is, yeah, you know, I guess maybe we should have seen it coming, but it's not ideal considering the contract you signed him to that we're already at the point in year three where he didn't play year one. He was good last year, I thought. I think he was underrated last year. Um, but yeah, so anyway, they they have the ability on defense to be very good, and they're going to have to carry this team as long as Zach Wilson is a quarterback. And if you can get somebody who can be competent, then maybe there's less pressure on them. Um, yeah, Michael Dunn just said, I can't believe Taylor Swift. I have to watch this team next Sunday. I uh, The last time I was at MetLife with Taylor Swift, I had a lot of fun. <laughs> I, I don't think I don't envision it being that fun on Sunday. You're going to have better yeah. seats this time, though. Yeah, true. I will. Um, yeah, at, we're going to get We can get into Taylor later in the week because. Yeah, they, the well, let's avoid that yeah. right now. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I don't think people want to hear that right now, uh, even though they should. It's more. We were ahead of the curve. On, yeah. The yeah, we were. We were. I was, I was talking to an athletic reporter about coming on to talk about it. So we'll uh, we'll get Kaylin, Kaylin Kaler. I was going to have her on because she knows both sides of it. So um, anyway. Yeah, the defense. I Actually, I should say one topic we didn't hit um, was what they do now if they go and get somebody and. Uh, at right. And Matt Ryan came out and yeah, officially say, yeah. said, "Like whatever, oh, okay, that that he's not interested." Even though there was a rumor that he was. It, I do wonder if him saying that is because the Jets, according to Jay Glazer's report, were like, "We're not interested." Zach Wilson's our guy. The Jay, so Jay Glazer reported that Carson Wentz and Zach and uh, Matt Ryan reached out to the Jets or their agents did uh, to gauge interest, and the Jets were like, "No, Zach Wilson's our guy." Um, I don't know. If they're saying that today, uh, Matt I know, Ryan, isn't there, isn't there, I know it's hard to do this because you don't want rumors to get out there, but like maybe the answer should have been call us back. Yeah. <laughs> Check back in in a week or two. Yeah. I don't know. They, they have to sign somebody and they should do it this week. And I'm not saying that guy should start on Sunday against the chiefs. That's a tough spot to be in. Like we, the whole country has to be subjected to Zach Wilson on Sunday night. <laughs> That's going to be tough. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't have a lot to say about the quarterback that we haven't already talked about on here since Aaron Rodgers went down that I haven't written. The bigger question will be like the future and what they do at quarterback beyond this year. But I don't know if Carson Wentz is the answer. I don't know if, you know, a lot of the trade options are kind of going off the wayside because Derek Carr got hurt. So Jameis is kind of needed. Bryce Young got hurt. Andy Dalton is needed. Um, I think there's a couple Richardson, other guys. Richardson got yeah, hurt and Richardson Gardner Minshew looked great Sunday. Minshew look and you're so you're seeing what it looks like when you have a competent veteran backup. Uh, and so these teams are not just going to give a backup to the Jets. And Kirk Cousins is not happening. Everybody can stop dreaming about that. They're not trading for him, whether you want them to or not. They don't even have a first round pick that they can technically trade right now this year. So your options are Colt McCoy and Carson Wentz, probably. Maybe there's someone else out there I'm not thinking of. Uh, go and sign that guy, get him in the building, let him learn the offense. And then if Zach Wilson's bad on Sunday, bench him. If they don't sign somebody, bench him for Tim Boyle, whatever. They can't keep going with this. It's it's embarrassing. The one thing that does make sense about sticking with Zach right now is like, I mean, Sunday's going to be rough, right? Like the the Chiefs, the Chiefs losing week one has just made them better, I think, because now they're yeah. like, oh, we're, you know, they're the underdog or something now. Like Plus, Kadarius Tony's return to MetLife, which I'm sure will go great. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, so, I mean... It's almost better if you did want to go a different direction to let Zach 
go out there one more time, take the loss to the Chiefs, and then make the change. But regardless of all that, you'd want whoever you're making the change to to be in the building now. Yeah, that's the part that makes it look even worse in retrospect that I didn't bring anybody in the last two weeks. Like, So now you're you're delaying this guy's ability to learn the offense if they sign him, and it's just... I don't know. Which I limits you to guys that kind of know the offense, right? Which they're, I mean, this offense, if you connected the dots all the way back to Shanahan, like, I guess people kind of know it, but, but this yeah. version of it feels different than a lot of other versions. Yeah. Um, yeah. All I can say is go sign somebody because nobody fans media wants to watch quarterback play this bad anymore. Like give us, give us something, please. I mean, the TV networks at this point are going to start calling up the Jets and be like, hey, we yeah. get you on all these primetime games. Nobody's going to watch well, with now, that guy playing quarterback. The, I think the worst part about all this is, and I don't even want to put it in the universe, but I guess I'll say it. They have a Thursday night game against the Browns in Cleveland late in the season. They're going to be flexing Thursday games this year. That game doesn't look that appealing anymore. If I get flexed and have to fly to Cleveland and cover a game on New Year's Eve in Ohio, I'm not going to be thrilled. Oh, is what I will Sunday say. Sunday is the it, yeah. Oh. So we got we thought we dodged a bullet when the schedule came out. Oh. I'll still cover it and enjoy. Well, you get to hang out my with job and all that. I'm not complaining about doing my job for all the people who get all mad whenever you know reporters. Right. Like, oh, you're so so sorry. You have to cover no, a but the holidays game. matter. It's New Year's everybody. Eve, man. Yeah. yeah. Well, on. you can spend New Year's Eve with Marissa. There you go. Yeah, it's true. And a baby. Yeah, that'll be the, the drawback. <laughs> I'll watch it from the stands with them, maybe. That'd be better. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, all right. Are we done? Yeah, Maybe I think we can wrap it up there. Unless I think I had a couple. I was but... saving a couple comments. All right, let's do it. Um, so let's go through these here real quick. Uh, Dan Botter. Oh, yeah. Happy move-in day, Dan. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah. Samantha's in the other room doing the move. Uh herself right now unfortunately i feel bad but um that's your commitment to the Jets yeah. and this it was, podcast. it was pouring rain today i had to cover zach wilson again and and i've been moving and it's a long day but yeah it's uh exciting times for sure oh yeah, yeah. See, I'm different. i have a different background now which i actually like this background better that's bluebird yeah, cafe this is where that's the nice. bluebird cafe where taylor was discovered i got a beatles poster and then up here actually is a taylor concert poster right there that i got at metlife so She's in. Wow. She's in my mind. You really are a Swifty. She's in. I your, know, man. Your backdrop. All <laughs> right, and then people got it. Not going to lie, in the comment section, people got a little upset, Zach, when you said that you were tired of watching this offense. <laughs> oh yeah, they did. Yeah. Taylor said, "Dude, we've had a bottom ten offense every year in my adult life, except 2015." <laughs> and you're tired. And then Dan firing back. My earliest Jets memory is the. <laughs> and you're getting tired. So I'm getting old. At a, I'm turning 33 pretty in a couple weeks. Uh, I feel pretty old, and this is making me age faster. I think. Well, that's true. Yeah, well, you are. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Might have some gray in my oh. beard by the next podcast. Yeah. All right. Let's call it at that point. You know, we we did today right after Salas presser. Should we go right after Hackett on Thursday? Mm. Is but that doable? Can, or I do think you... we can plan for that. Yeah, that okay. should be that should be doable. Maybe that's how we should do this because I feel like these pressers are just going to get worse and worse, <laughs> yeah. and we should just do the show after the presser to like fuel whatever the bitterness the all of it just kind of give us give us a jumping off point besides the game um which was bad enough so yeah. all right i think that's going to do it for this episode of the can't wait podcast thanks for everybody that jumped in we appreciate you being early in the chat section if you're watching us on youtube hopefully we gave you a place to vent we will be here all season long 
twice a week. And hopefully this team can figure this out because there's so much talent on this team that I feel like there's, there's still a way in my mind, if they make some changes to, to become competitive and, and maybe find a way into the playoffs, but not now is Zach Wilson playing quarterback. All right. That's going to do it. We'll talk to everybody on Thursday. <laughs>